Hello everybody, I'm bringing you today's reading from the Gold Coast University Hospital. Um, this reading comes from Ezekiel 37 verses 1 to 14 and it's entitled The Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord came upon me and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied, as I had been commanded, and as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath. Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. The, then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves, and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord, when I open your graves, and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place on you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. Bye. Um, so let's jump straight in. There's some really good feedback last week. Uh, first of all, make sure I'm more lit. You guys wanted to see more of me and not less. Good job. So we've done that. Um, uh, let me know if it's too bright or whatever. There is some limitations with the lighting in this space. So this may be as good as we get with lighting. We will see. Um, also some really positive feedback about the length of time uh, to share. And one of the challenges with that is some people meeting in groups still and others were meeting on their own. So those meeting on their own twiddle their thumbs for six uh, minutes. This week it all changes because we're not allowed to meet together. So we are meeting in our homes. So the reflection time will be a lot shorter, but I'd encourage you to bring your journal along and to use it as a time to journal and discuss, especially if you're on your own, um, so that you might have um, some opportunity to hear from God throughout the message. This is our series on spiritual gifts. Um, and I wanted to continue this on all the way up to Easter. We've only got a few more weeks to go, but it's important that we explore the gamut of spiritual gifts so that you who have been gifted spiritually to do these things might learn about how you could engage in that. So today we're looking at prophecy. Let me start with a story. Uh, many years ago now, I remember visiting a friend's church. 
was sitting there. It wasn't a big church. Um, and I was sort of sitting at the back. I was keeping a low profile and I was not engaged at all. I was kind of bored out of my brain. And as I was sitting there, there was two little kids in front of me and they were playing this thing called pencil golf where you, you get a pencil and you put on a bit of paper and you flick it and see if you can get it in the hole. It was riveting stuff. And so I'm, I'm getting drawn into the drama of what's happening with these two little boys in front of me and their, their little game. And then mid-sermon, I kid you not, mid-sermon, the minister says, oh, ex excuse me. And I had that, you know, in class, you have those moments when you realize you've been busted when you're a kid, you realize you've been busted and it doesn't matter what you do, you cannot get out of that spotlight. It was like that. I, I knew without even looking up that he was addressing me. And so as I gingerly looked up, he was looking directly at me. I was like, you're kidding. My friend who I was with, I'm like, I'm sure he's stoked about this. And who gets told off in church anyway for not paying attention? Heaps of people don't pay attention to me. I don't care. So, um, I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? He says to me, mid-sermon, he says, God has just given me a word for you. Like, what? I wasn't even paying attention. God should not be speaking to me and rewarding me by giving me a word when I was just not on him in that moment. And I just sat there dumbfounded. And then the, the minister said, um, this came out of the blue. It's so from God that I need to share it with you. And then the words he shared um, conveyed this essence that the place that you're at, you will not stay in that place for long. You need to be open to where God moves you on. So that's all I've got for you. And my world shifted. Everything changed in that moment. Because he had no idea, but we were in the process of, I was asking uh, and saying to, to Lyndall, um, what should we, like, it feels like we're at Seymour, it feels like we're on this stepping stone, I don't know the next place to jump, like in our vision and where we should go, and, and what does that look like? Um, and then we've been approached by this church called New Life to have a conversation, and I was really resistant to that and not keen. Um, and, and and so we're just like, oh, it's like this do we need to go? What do we need to look like? And we're about to venture up. Like we, this was the stop on the way to there. And then God speaks into that space. God speaks this prophetic word that altered literally the course of our lives. Now, it wasn't just based solely on that. It was measured and weighed against a whole number of other things, but it helped make that um, entry in to what God was calling us to so much more easy. Not that it was easy, it was very hard. Now, when I think about prophecy, I can't get past the Old Testament prophets. I know we talk about prophecy in the church, we have prophecy in the New Testament, but prophecy in the Old Testament is where it began. Uh, the New Testament is a flourishing out of the Old Testament. It's the fulfillment of the Old Testament. It's what the Old Testament looks like with flesh on in Jesus. So when you read the New Testament, you realize that it sits on the foundation, this wonderful foundation of a heritage where God has engaged with his people time and time again to the point where he chooses to come amongst them in Jesus because of his love for us, because of his deep care for us, because by doing that, he might bring us to a point where we're saved from all the things that worry us, that concern us, that drag us down, that strip away everything 
that we value. Jesus responds to the very things that you and I are in the midst of questioning and looking at right now in the midst of this season. And so when I look at the Old Testament prophets, there is a sense that that God speaks his reality into the reality of the people. Their reality, what they understand as reality and life is very, very different. It's, it's um, in numerous occasions, they're oppressed, they're enslaved, they're in fear, they're sick, they're homeless, they're lost. And God speaks his reality into their situation. And it always comes with this edge of calling people back to obedience and love, but offering them promise and hope. God says, this is how you can engage in the things I have for you by trusting me. And he speaks that into the midst of a human devastation. So I want you to pause. Well, you don't pause the video. I'm going to put a countdown timer on just here in a moment where um, we might spend some time asking what of God's reality of God's world, of the way God wants things to be, what of God's reality do you want to see come to be in your reality? And that might be healing, or it might be peace, it might be relief, it might be something else, I have no idea. God knows. So I want you to ask that question now. What, what part of God's reality do you want to see engage in your reality? All right, you've got whatever time is left. Go. How's your go? Um, share with the person next to you, but you can't do that. Well, some of you can, but not all of us can. So I'm going to push on. We we need God's word and God's reality spoken in to our lives and our circumstance. It's this human need that we need. We crave it. That's why people come to church. That's why people pray. That's why people entertain the idea of God, because God has built it into us. And I was drawn this week to, um, or this morning actually, to Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel was an amazing prophet. He was just obedient. He was creative. He was um, uh, just just the the prophecies he had were so vivid and significant, powerful and adaptable. And I want to look at a prophecy um, that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't. It's in the book of Ezekiel, which in my Bible is page nine hundred ninety three. But for you, that will not help you at all. But I don't know. It's about halfway through. If you're using an app completely confused you. Um, but it's the um, passage that Dale read out to us before we began. And there's a couple of verses I just want to hone in on. So we're going to go to chapter 37. And this is a story where God meets Ezekiel. And before Ezekiel appears this valley, an entire valley of dry bones, representing the death and the loss and the, the, the lives of so many. And then God meets Ezekiel in that space to convey that. Listen to what it says. The hand of the Lord was upon me. This is Ezekiel writing. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord. And he set me in the middle of a valley. So, so God's spirit carries us in the prophetic. So when we come to prophesy, 
when the gift of prophecy is something we're exploring, God um, uh, carries us to that place by his spirit. Right? This is really, really important. It's not an act of us or an act of man or a creative idea or something you want to say to somebody else. God is carrying us. Um, and it was full of bones, Ezekiel said. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. So then God leads Ezekiel through the devastation. He shows him the, the loss and the, the lives that were, were, have no longer been. He shows him the, the utter um, desolation of this situation. You know, it's a lot like what we're looking at at the moment. I mean, in Italy, the horrific news that comes out of there about the people that have lost their lives. It's the equivalent to this, to what God brings Ezekiel to see. So seeing it is an important part of prophecy, seeing people's pain and hurt and knowing that and caring for them and being with them in the struggle is really, really important, especially, especially now. He said, he goes on, he says, um, he asked me, God asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel answers with the safest answer there is. Well played, Ezekiel. Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Like, I am not getting sucked in, God, to um, answering that question. I've uh, seen how it went down for Job. Didn't work out too well. So I'm playing it safe. Only you know, God. So I want you to ask a question now. If you were standing on the edge of the Valley of Dry Bones... As you look across society at the moment, as your heart just breaks for people and situations and countries and nations, what feelings does that stir in you? It feels like it's unfolding now, doesn't it? It feels like we're living the reality that Ezekiel got to see. And, and humanity over the millennia has, has experienced the same thing. This is not the first time the human race has been threatened and invaded and attacked. It's happened countless times before. Um, and what we're reminded every single time is that the, the creation of human beings is out of the will and desires of God. That God says quite clearly when he's going to wrap it all up, that's when he's going to call creation to himself. He will appear again. This is not the end, folks. But every day we move closer to whatever that end looks like. But we can rest assured that God keeps us safe and holds us in that space right now. So let's read on. 3B. I said, O, o Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And then he said to me, prophesy. You prophesy, Ezekiel. You prophesy. You, you do it. Not stand back and watch. But you are a channel for what I am about to do. You are a conduit for what I am about to do. I'm going to use you to speak my reality into the current reality. 
So often we pray in a way that says, all right, God, I've done my bit. Now you do yours. And God says, no, no, no I'm going to do my thing through you in a supernatural way, in a wonderful, incredible way. And so people with the gift of prophecy, if you want to be more um, in the space where you might prophesy, you need to steward your life as close to the presence of God as you can. Steward your life to as close as you can to the presence of God. And out of that, we then read this. It says, prophesy to these bones, say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Can you imagine doing that? Like valley of bones before you. And it's just you. And God says, prophesy to them, speak to them. How would you go? <laughs> How do you engage in that space? Where do you find the faith to do that? Well, the faith comes when God speaks. It comes in two forms. It comes in Ezekiel's obedience. He just has to do it. And it comes in Ezekiel's um, courage. And the courage wasn't to make the bones live. The courage was to speak the words. So we only need to do and only need to play our part to the extent that God calls us to. God does not say, Ezekiel, I want you to make these bones live. He says, Ezekiel, prophesy. Speak my reality into the reality that is here and you will see things radically transform. It's so good, isn't it? It's so, so good. You see, prophecy means for the things that are part of God's world, God's kingdom, God's heart, God's house to be imparted to us here. Now, church is kind of meant to be the manifestation of that for the world. And so the church reflects what God's kingdom is like, what it's like to live in heaven. And sometimes we don't get that right, do we? Sometimes we make a right mess of, of that with our, our gossip, with our insecurities, with the bad words we might say about each other, with the um, fears that we might have, with all of that. We don't necessarily do a good job, but God says this gift of prophecy continues to usher in the presence and the kingdom of God into your current reality. That's what God is all about. And it all revolves around that little phrase that I'm not sure you heard Dale say, you're not sure you heard I say, I'm going to say it again so it sinks in. It says, hear the word of the Lord. It's in verse four. Hear the word of the Lord. You see, prophecy is all about what God wants to say. It's all about God's agenda and God's desires. Um, and, and I don't know if you've been in a situation like I have where, um, where someone comes to you completely and utterly convinced that what the word is that they have to say um, is a word um, that you need to hear. And so so they'll come and they'll they'll meet you and they'll say something that catches you off guard that you think, huh, how does that how does that compute? I had I had a situation, this is a long, long time ago when I was first looking at a placement and a good friend of mine, someone who I deeply respect, um, who loves Jesus. Um, came to me and said, this is before I found out that I was going to Seymour, and said, um, God has told me where he wants you to go and he wants you to obey this. He wants you to do this. 
And so this is before I had any word and any knowledge of where I was going. I said, oh, wow, like talk about spoiler alert. This is going to be great. Um, I said, what, what is it? And he mentioned the name of a place. Um, and I was like, wow. And so I, I jumped into that and I did some research and I got myself all geared up. Like I looked at how the town worked. I look at the history of the church. Like I had it all. I had it all. And then the phone call comes from uh, your church that says, uh, we have your first placement for you, which we'd like you to meet with the JNC about and have some conversation about. And it's uh, Seymour. What do you do with that? Well, I'll tell you what I did with it. I was pumped. I was pumped that it was Seymour. Like I didn't, I'd never heard of Seymour. I love Seymour now, but I'd never heard of Seymour. Um, and yet um, I, I, I felt that whatever God wanted to say, that he would make sure I heard it, right? It wasn't that God was going to send me here and then the church were going to get it wrong. It doesn't work like that. And so I explored Seymour and I went to Seymour and I loved Seymour and God used me in Seymour and it was incredible. Now, what do you do with words where you go, oh, what if I'd have put too much faith in that? How, how do we know how much faith to put in a word of prophecy? How much do we know how to, how to trust it? Um, and, and I think what's really important to remember when, when people share a word with you, they do it for two reasons. They do it because they love you. And they do it because they love God. So when a word is shared, what you need to hear is, I am loved. And I need to weigh up what is said with everything else that's taking place. Because it may not be the be-all and end-all, regardless, regardless if someone is that um, convinced. And what I found is people that operate really well in the gift of prophecy do so with such a reverence that they are a conduit of God. They are speaking on God's behalf. It's not something to be mucked about with. They're very careful about getting it right or getting it wrong. And often the word that they give you causes you to be pushed more into God's presence, to move closer to God. And I think that's really, really important that, that God's word calls us closer into him rather than, oh, I can do this in my own strength. And so so it's a good thing to, to weigh up. But what about... What about if you get a word of prophecy and you want to pass it on and you're like, oh, I don't, is it right? Like this is faith, right? We, we don't know 100% that everything we hear from God is exactly what it means to us in a certain circumstance and etc. So we operate in faith. In fact, 2 Peter 1, 20 to 21, I'm going to put it on the screen now. Listen to what it says. It says, above all you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's such a good passage, isn't it? We, um, When we hear a prophetic word, we need to rid ourselves of the circumstance. We need to look at this prophetic word and go, I need to completely lay down my bias, my feelings, my worry, my concern, my, my all of that. This is a work of God. And the purest thing by God's own interpretation, not by ours, needs to be bring, brought. And you don't need to flesh something out. You don't need to think about it. You don't need to um, explore what it means. Um, you just need to convey what God has asked you to convey. 
I've had this situation a bunch of times. One that stands out was I was driving along. Um, this is probably eight or nine years ago. I lose track. I was driving along in the car, and really clearly out of nowhere, um, I felt God give me a really specific and short message for a friend of mine. I just kind of went poof, and and uh, I thought it was quite strange. Um, but it stuck, and the words were really clear, and it was just quite um, specific. And so I pulled over the car, and I text my friend, and I said, Hey, look, this is really strange. Um, they, they were a Christian. I said, I feel God has just said this, but I, I've got no reference to it. It doesn't make sense. Um, but I wanted to give it to you anyway for you to do uh, what, what you will with it, because hopefully no one dies, right? Well, we prophesy, so it doesn't matter if you get it too wrong. So I flicked this text through. And um, and about I don't know, an hour later, the, a text comes back and says, you would not believe the timing of those words in relation to the circumstance that I was in. I was right in the middle of some really difficult tensions that were immediate and pressing. And your text, listen to this, your text enabled God to just break it right open and cause me to adopt the right perspective on that situation. Like, how good is that? So it comes out of courage. It comes out of obedience. But you're actually just the mouthpiece where God does his work. None of what that unfolded there is credit to me. But we need to be diligent and obedient when we're listening for God. Um, I am not a prophet. Uh, not in any way, shape, or form. There are times when God um, blesses me in a way that I can use the gift of prophecy. But here's what I want to say to you guys, um, that some of you are, some of you have the gift of prophecy. And right now, our church, our communities, your friends, your neighbors, this world needs to hear from God. And you are the people that might bring that word to us. And so if, you're, if you know your gift is already prophecy, I just encourage you to, to retreat into God's presence and to stay there until he offers something and then to bring it to us. Um, if, um, if you're thinking maybe it is, well, what an amazing time to find more of God's presence. I know for those of you that had kids alone, that is a complete oxymoron. Um, but to, to hide away for a set time each day and say, God, just meet with me and just speak to me, just carry me along to see the things you want me to see because God's prophetic word is all about restoration it's only ever about restoring things and so and ultimately God wants to restore us to himself he wants to restore us to full relationship with Jesus and so I want to invite you into that space now I want to pray for you the work God is doing in you will find its fruition in your intimate relationship with Jesus, that you might know he loves you and he cares for you. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for this time today. We thank you that we can still meet online as a church, as, as bizarre as this still feels. Lord, we pray you might bless us and minister to us and care for us. Lord, I pray for those that are not don't have their security in you, who just have discovered that, that they are hoping in the wrong things. Lord, I pray you fill them with your, your presence. You fill them with your love and your care. You meet them where they're at. That you invite them into a relationship with you. That they might leave their sin behind. They might turn from their rebellion. They might find compassion in you. 
And Lord, I pray for our those with the gift of prophecy. Lord, speak to them more clearly. Speak to us all. Give us hope. Give us a picture of your restoration and prophesy through us that the, the dead bones might become a living army. For your sake and your will and your kingdom, we pray. Amen.